When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Here comes the pitch. Swing and a miss! Strike three! It's Omaha for Vanderbilt! <laughs> Cutler takes the snap, fires the slant, pass caught for a touchdown! Isaiah Thomas clears him! Hit well down the left field line, back to the corner, to the wall, to the house! That ball is gone! That ball is gone! John Norwood! Oh my goodness! Welcome to The Anchor. My name is Andrew Allegretta here with Kevin Ingram. The debut episode for you as we get set for Vanderbilt versus Arizona, game one of the College World Series here in Omaha. As we get things started, first, a couple of housekeeping things. On today's episode, we've got Kevin's conversation with Dominic Keegan. In addition, throughout the course of the stay in Omaha for Vanderbilt, we'll have rather consistent coverage right here on The Anchor. We'll try to produce these, I think, on a daily basis, perhaps stretch it out a day or two, but we'll try to get as many guests on this podcast as we can from national writers to TV types to old former players that might be back in town that we can sit down and talk to. But first off, Kevin, let's jump right in. Really excited to be here. Uh, you get a sense whenever you pull into Omaha, uh, something big and something special is going to happen for you. It's your second trip. For me, it's my first, and you catch it uh, right off the bat. Something really cool is about to happen over the next two weeks here in this place. Oh, there's no question about it, Andrew. It, it's great to be here and great to be with you on our podcast uh, getting started here. And uh, yeah, came back in 2019 to the College World Series and it, it was an amazing experience. I'd wanted to go to this event for years and years uh, and, and it totally delivered. And so did Vanderbilt in that instance, uh, won the World Series uh, two years ago, got to be here for the championship uh, against Michigan. But it's, it's a great ballpark. It's a great venue. The town really embraces this event. I mean, you, you, you're right. I mean, you can definitely feel it when you 
come to Omaha, the airport's not far away. You roll into town, and it feels like you're at a big event, the College World Series. You and I have taken a lap around here. We've seen a lot of the uh, the things that are going on, whether it's you know some of the uh, uh, fun things going on for fans or the merch areas and all those sorts of things. But get down to business on Saturday with the uh, first games of this World Series. And don't forget, of course, you can listen to the audio broadcast, as always, across the Vanderbilt Sports Network from Learfield IMG College, as well as online through Vanderbilt's game day app, as well as the TuneIn radio app. So that's where you can listen to coverage of Kevin make the call. I'll be there to assist with some color commentary. Uh, and as we did learn today, there was some question coming into this. We were a little bit nervous, but Rally Radio will continue, <laughs> as we understand it, with Brooks Webb making his way to the booth for the fourth and fifth inning. So we're excited for that. Uh, let's talk baseball, Kevin, because that's what we're here to do. Um, I'll open it up big picture for you first and foremost, because you've seen this team throughout the course of the season. Um, as you size up this game this week for the Commodores, where does your brain start of this is going to be the most important thing, the most important one or two things? I suppose it's easy to go with Kumar and Jack, sure. but uh, whether it's that or something else, where does your brain go right away? Well, to me, uh, maybe the, the obvious things are the obvious things for this. It does start with Kamara Rocker and Jack Leiter in, in those first two games, making those two starts. Um, but I, you know, I think in this ballpark, generating some offense and figuring out ways to score runs. You're not going to outslug people in this stadium. I mean, you're going to you're going to have to manufacture runs. Coach Corbin talks about runs being expensive. I think that's going to be the case again throughout this World Series. You know, can you can you get Enrique Bradfield on base, get him to you know, steal a base or two or make somebody make a bad throw, put some pressure on the defense, get him home with a, you know, a ground out to the right side or something like that. You know, can you can you manufacture those runs? Can you can you hit one in the gap somewhere and bring some guys home? But it, it does start with the pitching. That's that's an area where I, I feel like Vander Vanderbilt, you know, you want to look for advantages in these teams. I feel like Vanderbilt's the first two that Vanderbilt has, the two big guns, those two are hard to match for, for any of these teams. And now they're all terrific teams, all eight teams. You don't get to this point if, if you don't have something. All these teams are good. Uh, so, yeah, but I, I think it does start with Rocker and Leiter and really the experience of Kamar Rocker. He's, he is the ultimate been-there, done-that guy in this College World Series. And I, and I said that even going into the postseason, he, he's pitched in all these big moments, pitched the no-hitter against Duke a couple of years ago in the Super Regional when Vanderbilt was facing elimination. This then went to Omaha and a couple good outings there, uh, including a big one to, to again, force a, a championship game three against Michigan two years ago. So uh, Rocker's been there and done that. He's performed really well on the big stage in this postseason as well, whether it was against Presbyterian in the, in the first round in the regional or against ECU last time out. He was terrific in game one. Same thing for Jack Leiter, two excellent performances in the postseason. This is his first trip through all that. How will he perform on this stage? My answer, I tend to think, will be yeah. very well because he's yeah. just, just one of those guys. Yeah. Rocker loves to get out there and compete. and I mean, he's, he's the man. But Leiter is the same way. He just feels like you know, the, no moment is too big for him. And I'm just looking forward to seeing these guys on this stage. You know, it's so interesting. You go through some of the statistics, Kevin, as I know you have. I think one thing that stands out, at least for me about Kevin uh, Kumar, as you go big picture with him, look, not to think beyond the moment that we're in, but he has a chance. First off, he's established himself as one of the all-time great big-time, big-game pitchers in the history of college baseball. Today, as we record this, before the game even starts, that's a fact. Yeah. Uh, but he has a chance to go down as a top five, top three, take your pick, uh, all-time pitcher at the College World Series. His statistics are fantastic through the roof. Uh, you and I were talking, what, 6-0 uh, and oh, all-time in NCAA tournament games for Kumar Rocker. Who knows what it would be if we got the season back from a year ago. Uh, I think it's so interesting to think about 
yes, the task at hand for Vanderbilt, but also what these moments mean for Kumar, because he is such a special individual, special talents, and you soak in every time he gets the opportunity to grab the baseball on a stage like this. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you, it, to me, it's been appointment viewing for now two and a half years, if you count you know, what we got a little bit of last year uh, with the 2020 season. But yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, he, he is already a Vanderbilt legend, a college baseball legend for that matter. Uh, he's, he's just a remarkable student athlete. Now, I was thinking about you know, in terms of Vanderbilt, you know, the, the all-time greats in different sports. I mean, Rocker ranks up there among the greatest athletes in the history of the Vanderbilt athletics program. Uh, but being on this stage, I just I just so look forward to seeing what he's going to have in store for us this time because it, it feels like it's going to be another big performance. And again, Tim Corbin talks about how much he admires just and, and enjoys yeah. watching him compete and get out there every time out. Now, this lineup for Arizona, we'll get into that in a moment. Yes. It's going to be very, very difficult. You have a team batting average of 329. An on-base percentage as a team of 428 and a slugging percentage of 513. Those are some pretty impressive numbers. All right, so here's the digging that I did, Kev, um, to try to rank him somewhere. Here's some of the names. You can do a quick Google search. Best uh, pitchers in the history of the College World Series. Who pops up? So this is what pops up when you start digging into that. You've got Dave Winfield, who pitched for Minnesota 1973. Uh, I suppose he's considered the best player to ever play in Omaha. Two-way player, uh, but his statistics for Minnesota in 73, he struck out 26 batters in two games. That's the third most in a single College World Series. And the future Big League Hall of Famer opened the World Series in 73 with a 14-strikeout performance against Oklahoma. I'm not putting that pressure on Kumar, but that's just, I'm really not. That's just the backstory on somebody else. And there's a gentleman by the name of Steve Arlen from Ohio State, 1965-1966. Get this. He pitched 15 innings of shutout baseball and struck out 20 in 1965. He was also named the most outstanding player in 1965. That 20 strikeouts in one game is still a College World Series record. Of course, it was in 15 innings. And of anybody that's thrown at least 30 innings in the College World Series, he has the lowest collective ERA at 096. I don't think Kumar is going to get to 30 innings in the College World Series. I don't think. Uh, but those are some of the names out there that Kumar has a chance to kind of uh, etch himself in history with if he hasn't already done it. Yeah, those, those are some pretty impressive numbers. You know, I think about like going back to the 80s, like Greg Swindell. I remember seeing him yeah. pitch in the College World Series. And just, just you think about great LSU teams that were here, you, you can go on through uh, through all those years. But some, sometimes, you know, the, the numbers are amazing on these guys. But when you watch the actual games and watch it in the, in the context of these games of what it means, um, I I feel like Kamar stacks up against against pretty much everybody. And you know, and again, he has a chance to add to his legacy here. I mean, you think about it. Okay, team things go well for the team. Probably makes a couple starts here uh, in, in Omaha, and, and we see him add to that legacy. But uh, yeah, I, I think his name deserves to go right along the the greats of this event. In terms of Kumar getting to 30, which, again, I'm not sure that he will. He's thrown 12 so far, six against Mississippi State in 19 and six and a third against Michigan. So he would need essentially two complete games uh, to get there. Uh, we'll see. Uh, and I've got a feeling, too, uh, sitting here, Kevin, we're doing this uh, in the hotel where the team is staying. I certainly feel like uh, I'm confident 
beyond any doubt that Coach Corbin will not listen to this. However, I feel like if he was, he'd be smacking me upside the head for talking about history before we've talked uh, about the moment at hand, which is Arizona. You talked about the lineup that this team is going to face. Uh, look, Arizona won the Pac-12. They featured the Pac-12 Coach of the Year in Jade Johnson. It's his sixth season at Arizona, and he has built a slugging team. Now, I think insiders in college baseball would tell you that the ballpark that they play at helps, and the ballpark that they're going to play at doesn't help. Uh, but as you comb through this, as you've done your prep, Kevin, uh, what stands out to you about this lineup for Arizona? You mentioned the statistics. What else jumps out to you? I think I think it's when you look at how many of these hitters have really fat batting averages and power numbers. You know, usually you'll you'll see kind of a cutoff line when you look at the season box score and you, you see the the stats and everybody, and you can tell who the regular players are. I mean, it, it goes about seven deep here of guys who have batting averages over about three three thirty or so. But Jacob Berry really stands out. 17 home runs and 70 RBI, 70, 7-0 with a, a 359 batting average. That's just remarkable to me. Um, Brandon Bossier, his average 374, 61 knocked in. I mean, you know, the, the slugging and on-base numbers are ridiculous for these guys, too. I mean, you're talking about four-digit OPSs. You know, they got really, really talented young players, though. Barry and Daniel Susak, uh, both uh, among the uh, – you know, top freshman in the country and, and as recognized with several awards this week. But uh, th- this is the, the first time in Arizona history they've had two freshmen with double-figure home runs um, with uh, Barry with 17 and, and Susak with, with 12 on the season. And they, they have three guys with over 10. But, you know, more, more than that, more than the home runs and power numbers, just, uh, just uh, it just really jumps off the page. I watched quite a bit of the series with Ole Miss. And, yeah. you know, that, the clincher against Ole Miss. And they're playing a really good team that we saw a lot in the SEC. And, man, they just they put that game away, man. It was they left no doubt. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you, you can go through this, and again, you could say, oh, in, insiders say that Arizona plays in a hitter-friendly ballpark, so it inflates the statistics, and TD Ameritrade grade is not that. But we just saw them go up against a team that we understand in Old Miss is elite, and they did some damage against that team throughout the course of the weekend. Um, Daniel Susak, here's a note for Vanderbilt fans, uh, 2021 Pac-12 Freshman of the Year. Uh, had an amazing game against Washington State with seven RBIs and two home runs. Here's the notes. He's the younger brother of Andrew Susak, who was Oregon State's catcher in 2011 and a second-round pick of the Giants. Andrew Susak came to Nashville for the Nashville Super Regional that year, uh, struggled against Sonny Gray, struggled against Grayson Garvin, did Andrew Susak. He went 0 for 7. So if you're looking for 10th anniversary (laughs) notes and tie-ins and all of that sort of stuff, uh, Vanderbilt would love to do to Daniel Susak what it did to Andrew Susak back in uh, 2011. Uh, one thing we haven't touched on, um, and we can get back into it at a later point too, is this is the 10th anniversary mm-hmm. of the first time that Vanderbilt made it to this place. Uh, might be worth talking about that in just a second. But what do you think we could talk about the matchup, right? I, I think it's easy, again, to just say it's Kumar Rocker versus the offense. Right. Um, what about Vanderbilt's offense, whether it's Bradfield, whether it's our conversation uh, today with Dominique Keegan or whoever else gets in that could have an impact? What stands out to you as you think about what uh, the Commodores need to do offensively? It's not just Rocker versus the offense. Uh, Enrique Bradfield, it all starts with, with 51. Top of the lineup, he gets on base, he disrupts things, he causes problems. I mean, he's been a stolen base machine, and um, he, he just – 
his ability to do whatever is needed to get on base, whether it's a base hit or draw a walk or hit by a pitch or whatever, you know, beat out a, a chopper over the middle or something. Uh, it's been crazy to watch just what a, what a talented guy he is and what a great season he's had. And, uh, and you know, the, the batting average, I, I'm, I'm sure it's probably, if anybody, if people are really honest, he's probably outperformed what the expectation might have been for him going into this season. He, he's just been remarkable. He's had a great year. Uh, to, to me, a key guy in the lineup, and somebody asked me this yesterday on a radio show I did, uh, you know, give, give me a sort of an X factor. One of the X factors to me is Isaiah Thomas. Mm. When, when he's going well, he's hitting the ball from gap to gap. He's hitting ropes. And the, the grand slam against Georgia Tech was almost an outlier in that it was, it was a, a ball down the line that you know, snuck inside the foul pole over the monster. But, you know, when, when he's going well, his home runs are going from, from left center field to right center field. Man, if he gets hot, he can really carry you. I mean, I, I, just, I think he's, he could be an important part for this team. But Dominic Hugan, who we'll, we'll hear from uh, in this podcast, his ability to just be so consistent to me has been such a key for this team all season. He doesn't take very many offers. I mean, you, you'll have one here or there, but then he'll come back, and the next thing you know, you look up and he's got two or three hits in a game. Um, just He's just had a remarkable year. I w- I'm still just baffled that he didn't make any of the all-conference teams in the SEC. Mm-hmm. He was one of the leading hitters, leading leading on base, leading in slugging. I mean, he was top, you know, he was probably top five or top ten in all those categories. Uh, he had a great year. I, I think health is going to be an issue, too. Uh, if, if Tate Colwick can come back and swing the bat and, and be what he normally is, he's a big factor. You know, put him back at second base. Maybe we'll see Parker Nolan more at third. See Gonzo at third. He's been fantastic. He had a huge home run against Georgia Tech. Kind of looking forward to seeing the senior get out there and perform under the lights again. Uh, and, and Carter Young, you know, it's been a little bit of a, a journey back from that uh, the, the shoulder injury for him. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he's a guy who can supply so much power, which is, is needed, has been needed at times from this team. But I, I like the lineup. I know I've reeled off a lot of players, but, you know, top to bottom, it's a really balanced group. They can do a lot of different things. They can run. They can give you some power. Uh, I, I've like, I like this lineup, but playing in the big ballpark, you know, can they manufacture runs when they need to, I think is going to be a big question. You know, I think what, at least watching from afar, has impressed me, uh, and it should impress, of course, all of the Vanderbilt fans out there is – the way that everyone has been able to move around when necessary based on injuries. Um, People probably know that I'm coming from Tulane, where Travis Jewett was, a former assistant here at Vanderbilt. I watched it with the Green Wave over the past season, the ability for a couple of players to go from, oh, right field to third to first to second to whatever it is. Um, I'm sure Coach Jewett got that from the Corbin tree to have the switchables or however you want to phrase it, cross-train these guys at different positions. Uh, But the fact that they've done that throughout the course of the season, you would have to assume, regardless whatever it is, take your pick, of what individual guy, maybe Carter Young coming back from his injury, who knows what happens, right? Hopefully, and he's proved himself recently against East Carolina, but these things are cyclical. If they need somebody, they've got that cross-training, and they've proved it through the whole season. And to me, the best example of that guy is Parker Nolan. Yeah. You know, he, he played at second for a long stretch when Tate Colwick was out earlier in the season when he had surgery on his hand. And, and he did a terrific job. He, they plugged him back in at second base here. You know, when Tate's been out the last couple of weeks, they played him in third. Uh, you, you can move him around the infield. Uh, it, you talk about that cross-training, and you see it with these guys. Dominic Keegan, you know, more than one of these guys came in as a really highly touted catcher. To me, that's really interesting. Dominic Keegan and Jack Bolger were both terrific high school catchers and you know, highly rated nationally at that position. 
and we haven't seen either one of them really do much catching at all. Dom t- caught a midweek game back earlier in the year. Uh, Jack Bulger has either played left field or been in the DH spot. So, so both those guys, you know, their, their versatility has served them well. Dom's become a terrific first baseman. Uh, Tim Corbin, talking to him earlier in the season, said, you know, he, he's one thing that he does really well that maybe not all first basemen do is he can throw the ball really well, and he's really confident in that part of his game. And, you know, that, that serves you well with him at first base. But, you know, the versatility of these guys and the ability to move them around. And I think, you know, playing a lot of shifts on the infield, mm. If you're a shortstop or a second baseman, you're not always necessarily playing shortstop or second base. You're playing on that other side sometimes. And, you know, maybe if you're uh, Jason Gonzalez at third base, you're playing halfway between second and third sometimes with the shift on, you know, on the right side of the infield. So you have to have that versatility and that perspective of playing in different spots. All right. So before we turn the page, I want to touch on the 2011 season kind of real quickly and just, um, you know, whether it's reminisce or just give a nod to it. Before we do that, um, Let's give your and my uh, key player of the game. You touched on it with Bradfield. Of course, it starts with Rocker. Um, I don't know if you want to go with the obvious pick or something, but uh, give me somebody at the end of the day that you think might be sitting in the, it's not a podium, it's a Zoom at this point, (laughs) post-game press conference, uh, if Vanderbilt is to win this first one against the Wildcats. That's an interesting one. I'm going to kind of give you like maybe an X factor. I I talked about Isaiah Thomas. I I feel like he could be that guy. To me, uh, C.J. Rodriguez behind the plate. You can't do that. I have his stats pulled up because Sorry. I was just going to take him as my X factor for controlling the running game, but f- uh, but fine. Okay, well, I'm going to do the offensive side for C.J. <laughs> you can do the running game. We'll, we'll, we'll both pick C.J. I saw him in the elevator earlier. <laughs> well, one, one of the X factors is, is my meeting with C.J.'s family before the game. That's become a pregame ritual. They, we find each other down in the concourse before nice. the game and say hello. It's worked four games in a row, so we're, we're going with it. Yes, you are. Um, but, but C.J., you look at his stats, they'll tell you one, maybe they tell you one thing. But if you watch him play over the course of the season, that dude comes up with some big hits. Oh. He, he, can, he can bring one off the left field yep. wall and, and bring in a run or, or do something to help the team in a tight spot. To me, that, that might be the guy to watch right here. Yeah, 255 batting average, has nine doubles and four home runs, but it certainly feels like those nine doubles, those four home runs, they've come in notable spots. And again, just watching this team from afar, I recognize that I'm due and I've just got a fresh set of eyeballs on this thing. But his ability to control base runners, uh, to make it difficult for people is impressive. The way that he controls and commands a pitching staff, which, look, I'm sure he's talked about it, but you're working with Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And to be able to be that quarterback of the pitching staff or however you want to phrase it, there's a lot of pressure on his shoulders to help manage those guys. Uh, They can do it on their own. I understand that. But he's kind of a steadying force for them. And it's just to watch him from afar, uh, I don't don't think maybe the pressure that he has on his shoulders is recognized. Uh, it's, It's really impressive what he's done throughout all foot. And I expect him uh, to have a big game and be a factor against the Wildcats. Yeah, I think defensively, and those two pitchers have said, you know, working with him has made us better pitchers. Uh, One thing to watch for is his ability to block pitches in the dirt because with these guys, I mean, they they throw sliders and breaking pitches and off-speed stuff in the dirt to try to get guys to chase. Man, he keeps them all in front of him. He, he does a great job with that. I mean, every now and then one's going to get to the backstop. It doesn't matter who you are back there, yeah. but uh, he, he's really good at that part of the game. And just to be blunt, 
Arizona's going to get a couple of base runners on. As good as Kumar is, that offense is good enough to get base runners on. And CJ's going to have to do a good job uh, to make sure there's no pass balls and somebody goes first to second and creates an RBI situation. Or if somebody does steal, maybe he can pick up an out uh, for Vanderbilt. Okay, quickly, 2011. Uh, it is nice to see this come full circle, uh, to watch what, again, from afar, Coach Corbin has built over these nearly 20 years now at West End. It feels it feels somewhat fitting to get all of this back coming off of the COVID season. He's talked so much about the trip that he made last year, just having that emptiness, being at this place and not being able to experience it. Boy, it, it, it's there's something there to it for Vanderbilt uh, to have it be the 10th anniversary, have everything come back and maybe really cement yourself. You know, if you can do it, it's hard. There's seven other great teams. But if you could get your third national championship, you're you're a dynasty in this sport. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's it's special to see that happen this year, to have that opportunity. Yeah, you talk about the 2011 team. I mean, there was there was some heartbreak involved in getting to that point. And to see what this program's become over the last 20 years, 19 seasons now with, with Coach Corbin at the helm, um, it, it wasn't always like this where, mm. you know, if you don't get to Omaha, it feels like a disappointing season. Mm. I mean, it, the, what he has built here, it, it is a it, it does feel like a dynasty. Whether Vanderbilt wins here this wins it all this time or not. Um, it, it's, it's crazy to see what this program has become. But, but to go back to 2011, uh, you know, th that was a big breakthrough. And, and even to go back farther than that, in the early years of Coach Corbin's uh, term here, I think it was 2004, got to a Super Regional against Texas, and that was a big deal just to get to the Super Regional. I mean, that felt like that was huge back in the, when, when Jeremy Sowers was here and, and some of that crew. And so that, that felt like a breakthrough at that point. And then you had, you know, the David Price years where this, this program, you know, had a, had a true superstar and the, the heartbreak of that series against Michigan and how that turned out and, you know, and a couple other, you know, bumps in the road along the way. But to finally break through, to win the Super Regional and get here to Omaha, it was so big for this program. It just, it just felt like it was everything. They played four games, I think beat North Carolina twice, lost to Florida twice, if I remember correctly. But, you know, to see them out on this field, in fact, Vanderbilt and North Carolina played the very first game at, at TD Ameritrade Park back in 2011 when they moved from Rosenblatt to, to this stadium. Uh, but it, it, was, it was so special to see this team play in, in that setting finally and, and, and see Coach Corbin and see how they, they performed. That uh, I just, thinking back 10 years, it's been a minute since I saw yeah. that team play. And you know, I'm really good friends with Andrew Harris, who did TV yeah. with for years, and, uh, and Will in the future. Uh, you know, we, we talked about a lot about that team and just how special it was. But, yeah, that, that's a team that – they're not one of the, the two championship teams that won it all or made it to the finals, but it, it will be a very special team in, in, in the long-term history of this program for, for breaking through and finally getting here. Well, I'm thrilled. I'm excited to be here. I'm really excited to work with you, Kevin. We've got some fun stuff planned throughout the course of Vanderbilt's stay. Hopefully it is a full, I guess, two weeks at this point uh, as they try to make a run for their third national championship. Again, you can listen to Kevin's call across the Vanderbilt Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Uh, we'll have these podcasts regularly throughout the stay in Omaha. Um, if you missed it the other day, we're kind of going with a new approach when it comes to the broadcast, and we're excited about it. Kevin and I are a, I suppose, voices of Vandy team, or however you want to phrase it. Um, we're going to be working together closely now and moving forward into the future. Uh, we're thrilled. I'm excited to be here. Um, I'm really grateful to be here. I'm really grateful to work with you, Kevin. Uh, so let's have let's have a fun stay here in Omaha, huh? 
Let's do it, man. I, I'm, I'm up. I brought enough clothes to, well, <laughs> yes. it, it's been about 105 degrees here, so I brought enough clothes to maybe make it through this weekend. <laughs> See, I, I thought my, my original plan was to make it, you know, say a week or so and then maybe do some laundry. But every time you go outside, you pretty much burn yes. a shirt, so you got you to go, yes. you know, go get a new one. Yeah. But uh, hopefully the weather will cool off a little bit. But, man, Andrew, it's, it's great to be here with you and uh, look, really looking forward to not just what's happening here in Omaha, but, but going forward with what all uh, we're going to be doing here at Vanderbilt. We're the VOVs, I yes. guess you might say. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm all for it that. Uh, we'll talk about it much more into the future. We'll focus on the Fandy Boys for now. Uh, I'll turn things over to Kev's conversation with Dominic Keegan. And again, as always, check out our coverage throughout the course of the week, whether that's VUCommodores.com, whether that's the social accounts. Kevin and I will be doing some videos. But for now, Kevin, Dominic Keegan, to wrap things up on the debut episode of The Anchor. Well, back here, World Series, what does it mean to be back here? Uh, it's awesome. You know, it's, it's really good for this group. Um, we've been working really hard all year and, you know, um, just to see all the all the hard work and, and you know, the time we put in kind of, you know, pay off to be here. Um, I know job's not finished yet, but, you know, this is a huge step and, you know, just, just ready to keep going. Does it feel like it's been like five years since that series against Michigan out here? Yeah, yeah, it feels like it's been a while. It's only two years ago, but, you know, um, I feel like our group has, has matured in a lot of ways, you know couple of us who were on that team in 2019 you know now we're, we're in a different role this year um as upperclassmen so i mean yeah it does feel like a long long while ago but you know it feels good how have you seen this group progress with so many young guys who really even hadn't even been through the battles of the sec yeah i mean like you said you know we're a really young group um i mean experience wise you got one guy who who played in 2019 in the mm-hmm. college world series pretty much um, so, you know, for all of us, you know, these experiences have been first. But, you know, I think us going through these experiences together, you know, whether you're a freshman, sophomore, junior, um, it's really bonded us and help, helped us come, you know, closer together. So, I mean, with every experience, you know, we mature even more. And, you know, like I said, every experience just makes us even better. And, you know, to go through it together like that, uh, it feels awesome. The one guy who has had success at this event we know is Kamar. How special is it to be on the field with him? Just see the way he competes every time. Yeah, he, I mean, he's just a competitor. He's a flat-out competitor. Um, you know, playing defense behind him, you know, hitting for him, it, it's fun. You know, I mean, he's going to compete, so it makes you, you know, you want to compete for him. You, you want to put runs on the board for him because, um, you know, it, it's just he's, he's a special talent, but he's a special teammate, a special player. One thing I've enjoyed about watching you play is how consistent you are, just hitting line drives everywhere. How has that worked for you this season? I mean, it's, it's worked well. You know, you can't ride the highs and lows of the game. Um, so I think, you know, just having a consistent mindset, you know, produces consistent results in the field. So, I mean, I just try to stay level-headed and, you know, do what I can do to help us win ball games. This uh, team you'll play in Arizona, they can put up some runs. What's the, that challenge like for you guys? Yeah, I know. I mean, we definitely know that they can hit. Um, I mean, we're going to have Kumar on the mound, so, you know, that, that makes us feel a little bit better. But, you know, I think, I mean, we just got to play within ourselves, you know. Don't let the moment uh, overcome us and, you know, one pitch at a time, one at bat at a time, and, and I think we'll be in a good spot. Does this ballpark look really big after some of the places we've been? Yeah, yeah, it is really big. It plays really big, too, with the winds here. So, I mean, you know, we've been kind of working on that the last few few days, you know, kind of just keeping our flights down and things like that. So, um, line drives, line drives through the middle and to the gaps. Yeah, what, what about the importance of being able to manufacture runs? Like put a ball in play like, like you did back in the, in the regional or super regional, just the importance of that. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean the speed on our team, you know, you know, if we get on the bases and, you know, bunt somebody over, put the ball in play, you know, um, I think we'll be in good shape because, I mean, we run the bases well. Um, I mean, and we can hit too, you know. 
And I think, you know, like I said, if we just stay within ourselves and, and do what we know we can do, what we're capable of, I think we'll be all right. How fun has it been to see guys like, like Javier or like Troy Neve come along late in the season to be major contributors? Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody's ready to go at all times. Um, you never know when you're going to get substituted in the lineup or, you know, someone's going to go down. You know, we've had a couple injuries this year. So, I mean, I think this group, everybody just always stays ready um, and they have that game mindset, you know, whether you're in the bunker or on the field, everybody's got that same mindset. So when you're inserted in the game, I mean, you're just ready to go. And, you know, some of those guys have worked really hard to, to have those moments like Troy and Javi. Um, and to be inserted in the lineup like that and just perform, um, it's really happy for him. One of the things, too, about this team is versatility. Everybody's good at playing different positions. For you, catcher, now at first base, how has that served you well? I mean, for myself and, and everybody else, you know, Parker Nolan, um, Javi playing infield and outfield, um, it just helps our group as a whole, you know, especially when, like I said, like injuries or things like that. Um, everybody's capable of being inserted at different spots. So, you know, it just keeps our lineup balanced. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's good for us. It's been so hot out here. Yesterday was 105. I mean, how, how do you get ready for, for that, you know, playing in that environment? Uh, hydrate. Hydrate <laughs> yeah. a lot. A lot of Pedialyte. But, I mean, you know, I think our nutrition staff does a good job of, you know, keeping us ready, ready to go and, you know, hammering Grizz, um, moving us around and stuff like that. So I think I think we'll be all right. Dominic, it's been a special year. Hopefully a lot more baseball to be played here in Omaha. Thanks and good luck. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.